From pediatrics to geriatrics, Maine Medical Center is centered around you. Welcome to MMC Radio, your trusted source for healthcare news and tips. Here's Melanie Cole. The good news about a diagnosis of prostate cancer is that most men have time to do their research and choose the treatment that's best for them. My guest today is Dr. Moritz Hansen. He's a division co-director of urology and residency program director at the Maine Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hansen. So tell us a little bit about the symptoms of prostate cancer that would send a man to see you and get this diagnosis. Well, uh, there are a range of symptoms extending all the way from no symptoms uh, uh, all uh, the way to uh, significant symptoms when somebody has metastatic disease. Uh, often uh, patients will um, be uh, identified with prostate cancer before they have symptoms. So that is uh, a group of patients who often have localized disease that has not spread. Uh, symptoms suggesting that it has spread include uh, blood in the urine, uh, urinary difficulties, uh, or even bone pain. So there are so many treatment options out there today, you know, with different kinds of radiation and seed and all these terms people hear. So tell us about some of the treatments for prostate cancer that are giving such hope to men that are diagnosed with it. Uh, again, there are a range of treatments, uh, and uh, starting at the most simple, there are uh, many men who are identified with prostate cancer, that is very low risk. And uh, with a, a, appropriate support structure, uh, these men can often be followed with active surveillance where they are closely monitored uh, for progression of disease and then treated uh, when and if that disease progresses. Uh, other men who uh, don't have low risk, let's say more uh, intermediate or higher risk disease, are candidates for uh, treatment. Uh, and at that point, uh, a decision uh, uh, is often uh, made together with the patient whether to proceed with either surgery uh, or, as you mentioned, radiation therapy, uh, or even uh, there are some treatments that involve freezing of the prostate. Uh, this is a uh, uh, difficult the process oftentimes for patients to uh, understand the differences between these treatments and the differences in potential side effects and uh, effect on quality of life. Um, so if you uh, start taking the broad view then, uh, surgery uh, is uh, performed either in an open fashion or more recently through a less invasive laparoscopic robotic approach where the prostate is removed uh, as well as the surrounding lymph nodes. Uh, radiation therapy uh, can involve seed placement or external beam treatment or even proton beam treatment. Uh, so as you mentioned, I think uh, it does uh, become somewhat difficult, and there's not one best treatment uh, for uh, uh, each patient. There uh, has to be a, uh, a process by which the patient and the physician get together. They really review the options and try to tailor uh, the treatment option that both is best for the patient in terms of the available evidence, but also what is best for the patient in terms of their preferences. 
And Dr. Hansen, certainly depending on the diagnosis that a man receives, whether he decides external beam radiation, you know, or the implanted seeds, tell us a little bit about what they can expect with some of these treatments. So let's start with radiation. Is this a simple or is this a long-term kind of procedure for men to go through? So uh, seed placement is often uh, an uh, outpatient or overnight procedure uh, for the patient uh, and is a one-time treatment. Uh, uh, external beam uh, uh, therapy for the prostate is often a daily treatment and can extend out uh, to uh, uh, many weeks to even a month or two. Uh, often patients who have either uh, seed placement or external beam can experience some uh, fatigue uh, and perhaps need a nap in the afternoon uh, during the treatments. They can also develop uh, uh, irritation to the urinary tract and have urinary uh, urgency and frequency, as well as perhaps some irritation in the area of the rectum. Uh, at the completion of the treatment, many of these uh, effects uh, uh, resolve, but again, it can take a month uh, or two or even out towards uh, several months to resolve. Longer-term side effects of radiation therapy uh, can also include uh, progressive uh, erectile dysfunction, but that may not be recognized for perhaps a year or two after treatment. What do you tell a man about that, Dr. Hanson? Because I, I think that for men, they hear that, and they hear about it in commercials and all around, and that's very scary for them. What do you tell them to kind of give them some hope that after treatment, the erectile dysfunction can be dealt with? Well, I think that um, is a very important part of the counseling process. Uh, and as a urologist, you know, I see men with erectile dysfunction even who have not had treatment uh, uh, for prostate cancer, and they do have a number of options. These range all the way from uh, medications, which can help uh, uh, men achieve erections. I think the most commonly known one is something like Viagra, uh, and that often is used uh, in the uh, uh, following the treatment for prostate cancer, either with surgery or radiation. But beyond that, there are a number of options uh, to achieve an erection. I think that the good news for men is that sensation is often, uh, if not the same, and quite similar uh, to prior to treatment, and that uh, orgasm uh, is achievable. Uh, so it is more uh, uh, an issue of achieving a rigid erection. And again, there are treatments such as uh, medications. Uh, there are uh, uh, injections that can allow men to have a, a rigid erection, and also there are prosthetics that can be placed that can give a man a very natural erection. So these are options down the road for men who really are having difficulty with this after treatment. So speak about some of the other treatments that are out there, immunotherapy, and you even mentioned freezing prostate tissue. Speak about those. Are they new? Are these, you know, new advancements, something that can help men? Uh Freezing the prostate, something also called cryosurgery, has been around for uh, probably 20 years or so. Uh, the more recent advancements surrounding cryosurgery are that uh, the surrounding tissues are not uh, affected as, as much as they were in the past. Uh, the one uh, thing I will say uh, regarding cryosurgery is that it does have a very high impotence uh, rate 
uh, and that uh, for men who are sexually active uh, before and hope to maintain that, that it may not be the best treatment for them. Uh, oftentimes, uh, cryosurgery uh, is used in patients who have perhaps failed radiation, uh, who cannot get any more radiation to the prostate, and cryosurgery or freezing of the prostate has been shown to be effective in treating those patients. So that that's the area where it perhaps has its greatest utility rather than uh, primary treatment for prostate cancer, though it, it can also be used as a tr- primary treatment for prostate cancer. So what's on the horizon for men with prostate cancer? Something very exciting that you're reading about or studying about doing clinical research about? The, I think the most exciting thing uh, right now, and this is not just for prostate cancer, but I think all cancers, is really trying to identify um, who uh, we should treat and who we should not treat. And these are genetic tests that are becoming available that can profile um, patients and look at not just their overall health status or projected longevity uh, or perhaps uh, just the uh, stage and grade of the cancer, but really looking at their uh, genetic risk. Uh, There are a number of companies that are beginning to uh, provide this, uh, and I think before, um, within the next uh, near future, I would say that these will be uh, the type of risk profiling that is often done uh, in breast cancer and in other cancers where we can try to target and figure out who it is that is at, at the greatest risk. I think that we certainly uh, are managing more patients with surveillance, but we don't know perhaps the ones that are going to be progressing, and I think genetic profiling will help with that and really uh, treat them earlier. And perhaps there are men that we are treating currently that would have a very low risk for uh, for uh, uh, either progression or death from the disease, and it may save them treatment. So I think these are some of the things that are the most exciting about what's coming up in the future. Dr. Hansen, you've given us such great decision-making tools for men suffering with prostate cancer and for their loved ones who shove them into the doctor in the first place. In just the last minute, if you would, please tell us why they should come to Maine Medical Center for their urologic care. Well, thanks again. Uh, I think one of the things that we try to do at Maine Medical Center is we utilize what we call clinical prediction models, and we also use a clinical navigator model to help patients. What that means is that we are able to use the available uh, uh, risk prediction models that are out there. Some of these are available online. Uh, some of them that we have uh, that have been developed here at Maine Medical Center, we can uh, individualize patients' risk. But then we also have a narrative process where patients can sit down, use these tools as, uh, as uh, openers to a conversation, and then together with uh, the physician as well as our uh, nurse navigator who specializes in prostate cancer, have a conversation about how the patient views these risks, what they would prefer, and really have a, a, a sort of a holistic and uh, inclusive discussion that both involves the care provider and the patient in deciding what to do. Thank you so much. You're listening to MMC Radio. For more information, you can go to mainmedicalcenter.org. That's mainmedicalcenter.org, mmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.